It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by Joe Cook. Uh, Justin Wells is going to join us a, a little bit later, both of InsideTexas.com. Inside Texas is your source for Longhorn football, sports, and recruiting news. Uh, today, we're going to go over a few things. I want to go over them. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about a big baseball loss that Texas had, an uh, emotional one. Uh, Tanner Witt going down. I brought Joe in to talk about that. Uh, then Joe was also at the Texas Pro Day yesterday. Uh, so I want him to, to get a chance to talk about that. Then the Longhorns basketball squad is going in uh, to the NCAA tournament after suffering a loss yesterday at the hands of TCU. Uh, with Justin Wells later in this program, we're going to talk a little bit and expand on some of the recruiting news and notes he had uh, today in the Humidor, uh, the weekly exclusive that Inside Texas does. Joe, let's start it off. Uh, Tanner Witt, uh, out for the season, got the news on, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. It's a big blow for the Texas baseball team. And what I found interesting about what you wrote earlier this week wasn't so much, uh, it wasn't so much that Texas is losing a, a great player or a great pitcher. It's that you think it affected the emotional, uh, you know, the emotional compass of the team, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tanner Witt, even though he was the Sunday starter, he's a number one at pretty much 99% of schools around the country. Uh, he may be, uh, I think Baseball America even had him as like the top pro prospect on this team. And he had pitched really well this year. I think he was 2-0, and had only given up a couple solo home runs and uh, had made life difficult for, for opposing teams who you know, they think they get the Sunday and you're getting the third guy. Well, the third guy was really good for Texas. Um, went back to last week at the College Classic, uh, scratched from his start. Uh, from what I heard, they, they did not expect any of this. Uh, they thought he was structurally good. Um, they mentioned above the elbow and not elbow. Uh, so they, they didn't anticipate that uh, further test and the results would indicate he needed surgery but but that's what they got and uh it, it's it's a big blow to this team I mentioned like you said in my writing that I don't know if this team reaches its ceiling without Tanner Witt now that's not to say that they're going to you know crash and burn uh but a lot of a big reason behind them being number one and being uh above so many of these quality SEC teams like Ole Miss and Arkansas and Vanderbilt was because of that pitching staff uh now David Pierce and, and Sean Allen in Texas are they're going to have to figure out who that third starter is. Uh, and and I, I'd always have been of the opinion that you got to replace probably one starter a year. Uh, Texas kind of didn't have to do that with how Pete Hansen and, and Tristan Stevens came back and everybody knew Tanner Witt was going to be that guy. But now, you know, here finally in March, it's it's coming to bear and yeah, it's a big loss, no matter how you look at it, because whoever steps into his place uh, until proven otherwise just doesn't have the talent that Tanner does. Um, you mentioned Pete Hansen, Tristan Stevens, the uh, you know two. You can say whatever you want, but they're both aces just about anywhere. 
uh, still uh, headlining the uh, weekend uh, starting lineup, uh, pitching lineup for Texas. Uh, as, as it goes, uh, the great thing about Tanner Witt is those sorts of energy uh, injuries now are not the death sentence they once were in, in, in pro baseball, and he could absolutely come back from that. So we're all rooting for him. Uh, who do you think is the replacement there? You said they're going to try some people. Is it Duplante? Is he the is he the guy that they go to first? Or I, I know they they uh, postponed the South Carolina game this weekend because of weather. It's going to be a doubleheader on Sunday. So um, what what are you thinking right now? Uh, I think the two main options are going to be like you mentioned, Duplantier and, and Lucas Gordon. Uh, Lucas Gordon, uh, those are the only two guys who have really been extended to be able to throw more than 70 pitches, really. Uh, Not very many other guys on that roster have thrown more than 60 in a a college game, and especially not in a weekend. Um, So Lucas Gordon, uh, when when Witt was scratched, he was the guy that got the call. uh, Four innings, I believe, on Sunday against UCLA. Uh, Texas kept it TBA for this weekend, but I would I would guess it's going to be him. And then, like you mentioned, Duplantier, a guy who uh, during his freshman year uh, was really good in the back end of the bullpen, uh, had to get Tommy John surgery uh, ahead of his his sophomore year, uh, was around the team but not playing last year, and then now returns and uh, has gotten a couple midweek starts and, and gone into games, I think, five or six innings. So, I think those are the two guys. Uh, those I think those are good guys to have. Um, if you go with Gordon, you'll have a lefty, righty, lefty look to your weekend. Uh, if you go with Duplantier, you'll have lefty, righty, righty, which I mean that's common around the country. Um, but the the thing is, what quality those guys provide in the starting rotation, and I think both can. You then lose them in the bullpen, uh, and that's kind of become the big question for this team. Is now who is the bridge to uh, from the starters to Aaron Nixon. Even Aaron Nixon hasn't been able to locate his fastball very well this year. So the pitching staff is is pretty deep, I feel like. Uh, there's a lot of guys who have stuff um, and can get strikeouts. Uh, Texas State, you know, despite being a Sunbelt team, one of the polls has them ranked. And they gave Texas all they could handle on Tuesday and Wednesday and one on Wednesday. But Texas shut them out over the last five innings with a, you know, variety of pitchers. Uh, so the, that's what the midweek games are for to determine who you can use on weekends and over the course of these past couple of years and then through this season, uh, Duplantier and, and Gordon have shown that they're they're two guys that you can use on weekends and prime candidates to step in for Tanner Witt. It's my understanding that Southwest or Texas State, excuse me, I was going to call them Southwest Texas, Texas State used their weekend starters for the midweek games. Right. I think, uh, you know, Wednesday is typically a bullpen day for uh, starter weekend starters. So um, getting them some live action. But, yeah, they use their Sunday starter, their Saturday starter for uh, single innings and then their regular closer. So they, that, that's a resume win for them. Uh, a win over the uh, a top the number one team, of course, but, you know, a top 10, top 25 team on their in their uh, field. That'll, uh, even though it's one game, that'll be a, a resume boost for uh, San Marcos later in the year. And, you know, maybe one of those things that gets them to become a two seed in the NCAA tournament instead of a three seed. So one thing that we talked about earlier, you and I, a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about baseball, uh, the Longhorns need some, some bats to wake up. Uh, still the best, one of the best nicknames in baseball, all of baseball, is Ivan Melendez's Hispanic Titanic uh, comment. I just love it. 
uh, he uh, continues to hit the ball well. Uh, but who are the other batters that people? people that aren't necessarily following Texas baseball, who are a couple of names they need to know uh, batting right now or hitting? I know Archon is doing a great job behind the plate and those guys, but who are the guys uh, that, that are really stepping up uh, at, in the batter's box? So one is a regular and one is a, a new regular. Uh, left fielder Eric Kennedy has been hitting in the second spot, uh, and he's been up and down over these past few years. He's always been one of the best athletes on the team with a great combination of uh, speed and strength, but he's, he hasn't always had it together at the plate. Uh, I think beginning in Omaha last year, at least in the postseason, he's really picked up his game and that continued into this season. He's batting in the, let me look real quick. He's batting oh, one more, one more sheet. Well, if I could find it, there it is. Uh, Kennedy, there you go. 386 through 12 games. Uh, he's a stolen base threat. Uh, he sees pitches really well. So he's stepped up his game this year, I think more so than he has in his career thus far. And then the surprise is, is Murphy Staley. Uh, for the past couple of years, Murphy, I guess you could call him the 10th guy. Uh, he, he's good enough to be in the lineup, but there were guys who were just a bit better and just a bit more established. Well, now at this point, Murphy Staley's hitting, I think, what, 431 in 51 at-bats. Uh, he's just seeing the ball extremely well. Uh, real, you know, basic swing kind of goes from standing straight up to just swinging the ball. And um, he's hitting so well that there's no way David Pierce can take him out of the lineup. And the good thing about Staley is he can DH, he can play third, he can play second, he can play outfield, he can play short. Maybe he can play first. He's, he's a ultimate utility guy. So if someone needs an off day or anything like that, you can put him anywhere. But at this point, he, there you have to find room for his bat in this lineup just because he's been hitting the ball so well. Gotcha. Uh, Joe, uh, thanks. Uh, we all wish Tanner Witt a uh, full and speedy recovery. Uh, Longhorns 12-2, and two, three games set with South Carolina uh, this weekend. Friday's game postponed uh, as of right now. Uh, moving into Texas Pro Day yesterday that you attended, uh, you know, it, it sounds to me like, uh, Josh Thompson decided to go through drills, or at least a lot of the drills. Uh, we know that Cameron Dicker just kicked. He didn't do anything else. Um, what about some of the other guys? I, I know you reported on Brennan Schooler having a good day. Uh, Derek Kerstetter, Denzel Loke for what, what were your thoughts on uh, the Longhorns at their pro day yesterday? Yeah, you can tell what Texas draft prospects are by the number of teams there. And I think they're around 20. Uh, so not 32. And then even in some of the down years, there have been all 32 teams there. Uh, there was a rep from the XFL there, too. So kind of interesting there. Uh, Thompson and, and Dicker. Uh, Thompson, I think all he did was run the 40 in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, so he went through everything. Uh, I think he had a good showing, uh, you know, verified that athleticism that we saw in the field and uh, just, you know, didn't do anything wrong. And sometimes that's, that's all you need to do at these pro days. I think with Dicker, uh, I, I didn't stick around for his whole uh, showcase, uh, but you know, with kicking it's make or miss. And I saw him make a few uh, from 40 and in that mid range, didn't see him punt, but I, I have to think that that's what teams are going to look at him for. Uh, but I think a guy who put his name into roster conversation, probably not going to get drafted based off not having much production uh, but a real versatile guy who could become a special teamer was Brendan Schooler. Uh, I think 
you know, we had written on Inside Texas, and I think some clips had even gotten out about that showed off schoolers' speed. And yeah, you know, you have to have the football ability, and uh, there were times that schooler missed some plays, but he has some tremendous athletic ability. I think he ran a 4-4, uh, put up, I think, just under 20 reps on the bench, uh, had a good agility timing. Uh, I think he had a 37-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, and he did both receiver drills and defensive back drills. Uh, so he, he was a guy that showcases his versatility, showcased good athleticism. Uh, I don't know what an NFL team is going to think of him, but that's a that's the type of pro day that you put together and somebody could think, you know what, that guy can, you know, run down on kickoffs or, or be a gunner on punt return or, or punt or something like that. So I thought of of the, the players there, he did the best for himself. Um, Derek Kerstetter, he showed some good strength, uh, 31 reps on the bench, which I think you mentioned was uh, above average uh, for an offensive lineman. Uh, he's a guy who is able to, you know, play multiple positions, play center, guard, tackle. Um, I think he's roster good, or at least a preseason roster good. I don't know if he's 53-man good. Uh, but just watching him be a four-year starter, uh, recover from that injury he suffered at Kansas State in 2020, and I think overall just be pretty darn good for most of his career. Not elite, but just a, a, a quality college player. Uh, with good measurables and a guy who has shown a good work ethic uh, throughout his career, he may find himself on a preseason roster as well. So I think those two, in addition to the the combine invitees, uh, were able to to give themselves a good name. It's kind of interesting that uh you know pro day, uh, you know basically a, a a regular at Texas pro day is is David Ash. Uh, he was the guy throwing balls to the wide receivers and in defensive backs again yesterday. Uh, and also they had uh, Earl Thomas was there uh, trying to just get one more contract, I guess, in the NFL, showing he still had his athletic traits. He didn't talk to any media people, but it's kind of interesting seeing a, an all pro there uh, and then seeing, you know, a one-time FCS transfer like Darian Dunn there going back and forth with each other. Uh, it's always, something's always pretty interesting, but I think for sure, Schooler, uh, Thompson, and Dicker uh, provided their put their best foot forward uh, at Texas's pro day. Yeah, Denzel Okver also there without a without a uh, knee brace on uh, participating. That's uh, encouraging to see just to, as he moves forward with whether he's uh, makes an NFL uh, practice squad or or goes to another league like the XSL, XFL or what have you. Uh, also, uh, want to say this piece on Brennan Schooler. Brennan Schooler was the first one down on every kickoff, um, period, on, on just about his entire career at Texas. So whether he makes a roster or not will be totally dependent on his special team's ability and if they need a, an extra player or can handle an extra player in the secondary. Or uh, I think it will be in the secondary for him at safety. So um, interesting conversation there. The, the other thing that, that um, I gathered – uh, from that uh, yesterday, uh, Joe, is I was just looking down the list of uh, recruits that came through that class of where um, Texas should be with those guys. A, a lot of them just did not pan out. And, you know, and, and I feel like that's a that's a problem uh, that's been historical issue for Texas. You have a guy like Brennan Eagles, who should have been in this combine, this pro day. Mm -hmm. 
if he would have come back for another year. Instead, he's out of football, basically. Um, or he's on an XS, XFL roster I'm unaware of. or semi-pro. USFL. He got picked up by a team. Okay, yeah. But you get my point. It's Right. It, it's yeah, one of those where... That should have been B.J. Foster's pro day. You know, it should have been... I'm trying to think of any of those 28 Cam Rising. Guys. Was, was Cam, Cam Rising's Rising? pro day. Yeah, exactly. Caden like, yeah. Stearns. There's a bunch. My My... You know, circling back on all of that, um, and then I want to finish with Derek Kerstetter and my my take on that is for Texas and uh, their roster right now. I, I talked about this with Jerry yesterday. I kind of think there's three levels of of a college football roster. There's the elite of the elites, right? So there's the Bijans, the Xavier Worthies, right? Then there are, these, there are these guys that are, you know, rounds two through undrafted free agent that might make a roster that are good possible NFL players, whether it's a seven-year pro or a three-year pro, right, that kind of litter the rosters. And then there's the guys that are playing because you don't have anyone better, right? And that's, that's really how college football works. And the more of the one and two segment you have, the better overall team you have. Um, obviously, there are going to be ups and downs with a quarterback or what have you. But generally speaking, Texas needs more of that one and two category. They can't just have two guys going to the combine. Um, on Derek Kerstetter, my point there would be this. Derek Kerstetter was a fine uh, college football player. I put him in that second category. The, the problem with, with Derek as he moves forward is he's not necessarily great at any one thing. And the NFL guys tend to like, like a Brennan Schooler, he's great at special teams. Not real good in the secondary or receiver per se, but he does something great. And when you start competing on the very, very highest level, they want you to be able to do something great. Of course, we wish nothing but the best to Derek Kerstetter. Um, Longhorns go out uh, yesterday in the basketball tournament to TCU. Had an 18-point lead at half. I mean, they were on fire shooting, I think, 65% from three in the first half, something obscene, obscene like that. And, boy, the wheels came off. I don't know if the wheels came off or they just came back down to earth in the second half. Uh, but Chris Beard's team finishes uh, before NCAA tourney play 21-11. and 11. Uh, Joe, what do you think they got to do in the NCAA tournament uh, or showcase in the NCAA tournament to have better results than what they had yesterday? Well, I think it starts with the matchup. Uh, they, it would be best for them if they got one of the, like the last four to six teams in instead of you know maybe the Atlantic Sun champion or something like that. If they can go against a team that's not super experienced and flawed like them and limps in, that defense is going to work. Like that, that it, it, sometimes it has its lapses. But that defense is what has this team in position it, to be where it's at uh, and get, hope, you know, hopefully for Chris Beard, his, the program's first NCAA tournament win since uh, whenever Cam Ridley was still in school. Uh, so as, as far as that goes, it, it's just about matchups. And I think Chris Beard is going to use this weekend and, and week to try and get his team's attention, which is a little weird that that has to happen here in, in mid-March. Um, and I, I haven't seen video or heard audio of it, but it sounded like Chris Beard, I don't want to, not, he didn't throw his players under the bus, but he ripped them pretty well. Like he, he, he put some accountability 
uh, more towards them at, for for TC for the result of the TCU game. And that was a, a team that Texas had handled pretty well, both in Fort Worth and in Austin, and matched up well with uh, in, in you know just matchups wise. Um, what they really need going forward is someone other than someone to around Timmy Allen to be able to be a threat. Uh, it wasn't Marcus Carr the other day. Um, it's been up and down with Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. They, I, I've, I've said this before, Chris Beard's a type of coach who seems like he wants the opponent to score one less than he wants his team to score one more. And that works, uh, especially when you have this experienced team. But we also just saw what happened on, on Thursday and how that didn't work and kind of wondering what, what put them in that position. So they'll, they'll be fine. I, I feel like I think this is a team that can definitely win one in the NCAA tournament. Uh, if you look at some of the bracket projections, I think some of the four seeded teams include uh, like Houston, uh, UCLA, not UC, so UCLA, Illinois, which would be an awful matchup for Texas, uh, Arkansas and, and Providence, you know, but you only can worry about there once you get there and uh, beating, you know, whether it be a 11 seed or, or 12 seed or, or anything like that. Um, most likely, unfortunately for them, going to be a conference champion. Uh, but, you know, if they can get one of those last four in to be matched up with them, that, that gives them their best chance of advancing in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're, they're walking. I, I think you're right. Uh, Chris Beard walks a tightrope with the way he coaches, right? Um, there's a, a, a narrow margin of error available. Mm -hmm. um, and so when they miss open threes, when they – uh, when Marcus Carr goes three for 13 from the field, uh, th they have a, they have issues. And uh, like many college basketball teams, they're flawed. I think that you and I agree with that. At the same time, they play hard. Uh, and Timmy yeah. Allen has been uh, nails. Uh, he was, I thought he, he continues to be the guy, in my opinion, that you can count on to give it everything on the, I mean, at every, in every way, whether it's defense, rebounding on both sides uh, of uh, offense or defense. Uh, but anyways, all right, Joe, I appreciate it. I'm going to get to Justin Wells now. Uh, Justin uh, is, he and Eric Nalin, uh, as well as Jerry Hamilton, just put up the humidor early to, earlier today. Uh, it's one of our uh, signature uh, uh, segments or signature topics every week on Inside Texas. Uh, and so I'm going to get a little bit extra uh, from him and have him expand on that for us. Joe, thanks for your time. Uh, let's bring in Justin Wells. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
Our welcome in, Justin Wells uh, of Inside Texas. Justin, uh, just talked to Joe Cook about uh, basketball, a little baseball news with Tanner Witt, unfortunately, suffering the injury, Texas Pro Day. Uh, and then I wanted to talk to you about the humidor that just came out today. You had some impressive news. Uh, Texas adding to its uh, roster of, of unofficial visitors, excuse me, on March 26th. Uh, two offensive linemen are big names, Ian Reed out of Austin Vandegrift and Jaden Chapman out of Parker Heights. Uh, both guys, uh, guys that Kyle Flood and the Texas offensive line coach were, were on early in comparison to other uh, coaches. Look at Ian Reed. I mean, when, when Jerry Hamilton went out there to see him, the kid was playing rugby. And I, that to me, that video was probably enough, left enough of an impression on me that I feel like he's probably a take in this 2023 class. You know, last cycle, 2022 had so many big name national exposure type offensive linemen. 2023 was starting to kind of get to feel like that, you know, there wasn't as, as many sexy names out there. But I'm going to tell you something, Ian Reed has a ton of upside and, and that I think he's going to be a, somebody they watch moving forward. They're, they, they're definitely uh, pushing him like they want it, They want that commitment. And then also Jaden Chapman, who I think may be the most underrated offensive lineman in the state. Uh, this is a guy that I think can play guard and tackle. Uh, he's got an incredible uh, uh, punch at the point of attack. Definitely a road grader type guy um, out of Harker Heights. He's another one that I know the Texas staff is high on, and he's another one that's going to be um, somewhat prioritized, uh, you know, coming moving forward, especially for that March 26th date. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Alabama offered him. It sounds like from talking to Jerry Hamilton that Texas has prioritized Jaden Chapman in a way maybe uh, that other schools hadn't and did so early, and that could pay dividends for the Longhorns long-term. Um, two other linemen uh, possibly coming in that week uh, weekend as well. Uh, one of them we've already uh, uh, reported on, Andre Kojo, uh, out of Mansfield Timberview, the huge guard prospect. I mean, what is his size around, Justin? 6'6", 330. <laughs> what are they feeding these guys? Um, With good feet. Yeah, yeah, but he's coming in. But you also in the humidor uh, revealed that you think Harrison Sewell uh, may also be coming in uh, as well, the lineman out of Odessa Permian, or is he a maybe? Explain exactly uh, what you what you learned because it, I couldn't quite understand all of what we were trying to report in that today. It was real simple. I caught up with Harris a couple times this week, and and he told me that he's definitely looking at a Texas visit. And then recently he hit me up back and said that March 26th looks like the date. He said it's not, you know, set in stone. He said, but that's going to be the day likely. And a lot of that has to do with how much um, Kyle Flood and the staff has, has, has gotten closer to Sewell. Because early on, this is a guy that really likes OU. He really he still really likes Notre Dame. Uh, Texas A&M is definitely in the mix. And, and Kyle Flood's done a good job of trying to, to close that gap a little bit for the, uh, the big West Texan. But at the end of the day, Arch Manning moved moves the needle and Arch and Harris stay in touch. They talk to each other. And as soon as it was funny, as soon as Sewell found out that that was the date Arch was coming in, uh, it was funny that his date came soon after that. I found that um, pretty interesting. And so Harris is a maybe here says if he's coming, it's going to be on the 26th. And I, I honestly, I fully expect him to be there. Gotcha. So, and I said Harrison, I, instead of Harris, my apologies to him and his family. Uh, the other offensive lineman coming in is another huge guy, Connor Stroh out of Frisco, Wakeland. He's also set for that March 26th weekend. 
that's a big kid too. Uh, you know, he probably, he probably projects better at tackle just because of his length. Uh, the big thing to notice with Connor is that Stanford came through with an offer a couple of days ago. And I, I know a lot of Texas fans from, for a good stretch of that cover or follow recruiting have some PTSD in regards to Stanford and, and the tree uh, just because of, you know, some of the steals they've had over the years. Uh, at the end of the day, though, Connor's a smart kid, and you want guys that that you want offensive linemen and tight end that Stanford's offering. Simple as that. And I think Connor's a guy that they're uh, that, that they're high on. Maybe not as much as on Chapman and a couple of the other ones, but definitely uh, on the list. You know, another one that Jerry Hamilton uh, broke the news on yesterday that's coming in that March 26th weekend is Jamal Shaw out of West Orange Stark. Um, you know, that's that's another guy that's coming in along with Rod Pleasant. Uh, in the secondary, uh, he's going to be in that weekend as well. Um, McCall, McCall Harrison Pilots coming in on the 24th uh, from Temple. Uh, and then obviously uh, there's a, <laughs> a good number of offensive skill kids joining Arch Manning in Austin that week. Uh, Reuben Owens, uh, the running back from El Campo. Cedric Baxter, running back from Orlando's Edgewater High School. Uh, who some have as the number one ranked running back in the country. Uh, two receivers locally, uh, Jaden Greathouse and uh, uh, Braylon James out of Del Valley. Greathouse, obviously, playing in the state basketball tournament this weekend with Austin Westlake and state final MVP. And then Will Randall, the tight end, uh, out of uh, Bish or Isidore Newman in New Orleans, Arch Manning's high school teammate. Uh, they'll be joined by Samaj Burrell, uh, linebacker out of North Crawley and Avion Carter, uh, defensive lineman out of, uh, out of Amarillo, Tascosa. Uh, Justin, I know that we've got, we, we've got a number of guys we're trying to, to find here and, and follow up with right now. Um, you think this list is going to grow significantly? You think you expect five to 10 more guys because they have other guys coming in a week after that right? They have some of the best receivers and some other guys coming in the week after that. How many more names do you see? Because I think we're sitting at uh, a baker's dozen right at right now, maybe a little bit more um, coming in that weekend. How many do you see this first weekend versus the second weekend? First weekend is going to dominate. That's going to be the weekend. That's also the weekend of roundup which is a hugely popular deal with, with, with the, the students and athletes at the University of Texas. I think that coincides brilliantly with, the, with, with, with how Steve Sarkeesian and his staff puts, puts these visits together. I anticipate probably a good five to 10 more guys are going to be invited or, and or will attend on the 26th. Um, I feel like Jonte Cook is a guy that's it's probably going to make it in, uh, even though I can't, haven't confirmed with him just yet. Um, like I said, Harris Sewell is a, is a big maybe for to be there as well. I don't think it's going to be a big, a bigger, that much bigger of a group like a junior day because, you know, they're still going through practice. They're still going through meetings on that Saturday. They're still doing things. And I think you want as much one-on-one -on -one time with these guys individually, especially some of these specific prospects. And, and, and the more you bring in guys, the more you have to spread that out. So I think you can, if you want to have more of a singular focus for that, that Arch Manning Saturday, I think it's smart that, that Sark has kind of strategically lined them up in this fashion. And then, like you said, April 2nd, that that's a list that I think is going to grow a lot more. It, it, we're early on that. And I've still got a bunch of maybes and kids trying to figure out. We reported this morning, Trey Wisner, the running back out of Wicko Connolly, he's going to be in on April. He said either that early April 
weekend or the spring game at the end of April. And so uh, those lists are going to grow so much more than the 26. I think we could see five to seven more on that list. You know, what's, what's interesting to me, Justin, uh, you mentioned roundup and for people that didn't attend Texas and that are fans of Texas football, that's a, a period where it's, it's like the spring uh, recruitment time for players are for normal students to attend Texas and they have all kinds of parties up and down our fraternity sorority area uh, as well as some uh, regular students as well. Also that weekend, Justin, from starting on Wednesday through Saturday, Texas relays. So uh, in that, I think that starts that Wednesday and goes through the 26th 23rd uh, of 26th. March. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a busy, busy campus, uh, especially right, I mean, because of the track stadium, obviously, right next to uh, the football uh, area. I can tell you right now, two, two of the DBs from South Oak Cliff, Malik Muhammad and Javon Thomas, both Texas targets, both in the mix for the Horns. They'll be at that Texas Relays. Ruben Owens is also expected to be there, as is Roderick Pleasant. That's one of the big draws for him coming into Austin. So you're right that, that to, to mention that Texas Relays has, uh, has an important piece in that too. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned Wisner, and this is interesting because I want to circle back to that. Uh, because we've talked about uh, the ability of Tashard Choice, the new running, back co running backs coach, to, you know, recruit pretty well. I mean, Texas came out of nowhere on the running back from, from Waco Connolly. Uh, they, they've also got uh, the top two running backs in the country coming in on the same weekend in uh, Owens and Baxter. How good is Tashard Choice as a recruiter right now? Well, I, I think he's 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 past that new car smell buzz, and I think it's just him building these. He listen. He was these relationships were put in place way before he became the coach at Texas, and I think he's just reaping the rewards of of planting those seeds early. He knew Reuben Owens a year ago before, you know, before he even entered Austin. It's in Cedric Baxter. He's recruited for two years. Uh, Wisner's this kid that has actually built a relationship with him as well. And, you know, getting to catch up with Wisner yesterday, he mentioned, you know, Texas wasn't always in the mix with, with, with Coach Drayton, but with Coach Choice, that he's so much more relatable. You know, they've both gone through some, some things that are very similar and relatable in their lives, both personally and emotionally. And the fact that, that Choice is making that effort to invest in Wisner is really what's resonating with him. He's still an OU lean. I still feel like Baylor and USC are going to make a good push for him. But the fact that Texas is in it because of choice and the reason they're in it, to me, even if you don't get that kid, it shows you a pattern of what could uh, definitely pay off and what looks like to be a two tailback class in 2023. Yeah, I think resonating with with a with a player uh, and or building um, common uh, ideas or around common things uh, tends to to help in recruiting, and uh, I'm, I'm interested where Texas goes at running back this year because I mean it's it could be just about anywhere it looks like to me. Um, you know, Justin, I appreciate you today. Is there anything you want to mention that you're working on for over the weekend or that we need to be looking forward to? 
there's certainly some good stuff coming to Inside Texas over the next few days. Uh, we've got a recruiting notebook that we're going to spread out over the next few days that profiles a lot of these guys that are going to be on campus. We're going to break them down from an evaluation standpoint, kids like Braylon James, Cameron Cook, those sorts. We've also got a one-on-one -on -one with uh, Isidore Newman head coach, uh, Nelson Stewart, happens to be Arch Manning and Will Randall's coach. Uh, I got to catch up him for a, with a long time yesterday, uh, yesterday and we're going to have something on him in the morning. And so, and then Eric Nolene and myself will be in Arlington uh, on Sunday for the Under Armour uh, All-American Camp. Really looking forward to that. That list is filthy loaded with some of the best in the state. Really, really eager to, to get on the ground and see these guys face-to-face, eye-to-eye. So be sure and check in at InsideTexas.com because the content keeps coming and we still got some good stuff ahead. Are, are your, did you mention, I, I, I tuned, I, for one second, the Arch Manning stuff with Nelson Stewart? Did you... Uh, hit on that for tomorrow that you're going to, you had a long interview with Nelson Stewart this weekend or yesterday? Yes. That, that, that's, I mean, the, the premise is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a bunch about Arch. It's going to be some about Will Randall. It's going to be about his relationship with Coach Sark and Coach Milwee. It's all of the above. Listen, I can't, I want to give Nelson Stewart a ton of credit. That coach has handled this recruitment as professional as I've seen a coach handle one. And we knew Arch Manning's recruitment was going to be a unique circumstance. This guy has been so good. If you're a parent, this is the exact way you would like a head coach to handle your kid's recruitment. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, high school coaches, uh, don't get enough credit for some of the things they have to do. That's, you know, typically that's not in a, 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 a coach's uh, wheelhouse, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, he wants to, he's, his job is win on Friday night, not to hold hands with reporters, right? Like yourself or with me or, or whoever. Uh, but uh, he's been able to do that. And, and I think uh, satisfy uh, all, all different sorts of people. So, I uh, appreciate him taking the time, and I'm, I'm glad we're going to see that on Inside Texas. All right, Justin, thanks for joining us. Uh, also, thank you to uh, Joe Cook uh, earlier today as well. Uh, for Justin Wells, Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been an episode of On Texas Football. Thanks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.